0: Amen. Does anybody believe it? Huh? Do you believe it? Amen. Amen. Come on now. Oh, there you go. I hear them impact students over there saying it. They believe it. God has said it, and if He says it, you can believe it. I have a heavy word on my heart today for you that I believe God really wants me to give to you, and it's been confirmed over and over and over. I, uh, I had started really studying hard on it at the beginning of the week, and. Then I came here to one of the services, and one of the ladies on t- um, the Ford Conference was even teaching about it and even used one of my examples. I was like, okay, God, now I'm just going to go. I know, I know that that's what you want me to do, so now I'm just going to go ahead and just preach it, you know. And uh, and then today, all this right here, even what, what, what um, Nick said, he, he, uh, had, they had all that planned um, prior prior to, to, to Sunday, and so even what he had planned, it was a big deal and that God is going to be able to... Uh, the presence of god is is all about what i'm talking about today so i want to talk to you today about about a hunger for god are you hungry for more is anybody hungry for more of god amen i'm talking about more listen i think we get so so satisfied as christians with this little a dabble do you i feel like we come to church and we get a little goosebump i heard somebody the other day said oh i i was in service and i I forget where they were at but they said i felt I, i felt a goose i felt goosebumps no i don't want to feel goosebumps i want to feel god I don't want him just to tickle my fancy. I don't, want, I don't want just him to just to move me a little bit and make me feel a little bit of something to him. I want his kabod. I want to talk to you today about the kabod, the heavy-weighted glory of God. I don't know if you've ever experienced. I know some, some of maybe our, our, our oasis people have, but it's a time where, where God comes down and settles upon everybody in the room, and his weighted glory comes, and people are just undone. They are on their face before God. They are crying before God. They are repentant before God, and God just moves in a special, powerful, mighty way in a heavy way, it's not nothing to be scared of. He doesn't hurt you. He doesn't harm you. He liberates you. He frees you. He delivers you. He sets you free in that moment. But we get okay and satisfied with coming to church every week and just, okay, I'm coming to church. Nobody's expecting anything different. Nobody's expecting God to really move. They're just like, oh, okay, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to do some worship. I'm going to get in your presence. I'm going to feel a little goosebumps. I'm going to feel this, and then I'm going to hear the word, and I'm going I'm to be better, and I'm going to go home. I believe every single week when we come before God, every single week you come to church, you should expect God to move. So you got to give me. I know I only normally preach about thirty minutes, and so you're gonna have to give me about ten minutes more because I got something I got to deliver today. I'm here to tell you today that if you want it, the results of this service today are up to you. It's not to me. I delivered I delivered a baby to you, and whatever you do with it is up to you. I'm going to give you this, what, this word today. And I believe that God wants his, the Kabod, the heavy weight of the power, the move of God to start moving in this church. Beginning today. Miraculous signs and wonders and deliverances and, and all kinds of things. And I believe that today is going to be the beginning of it. Now, ha, now, now, how that happens, is based upon your hungry. How hungry you are. If you're hungry and you want it, you desire it, he will come. He said it, I'll, he said, I'll be there with you. But you got to want it. You got to desire it. So the outcome of today in your life and the presence of God coming down and saturating you in your life is based on your hunger and your desire. I want to read, start it off in Hebrews 10, verses 16 through 22. <clears throat> this is a new covenant. I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their, their hearts. I will write on their mi- them on their minds. The Lord says, I will never thirst to. Um, they will never, I will never again remember their sins or their lawless deeds. And when their sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. For my dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, there was no more need forever for a sacrifice again because he was the ultimate sacrifice. And now it says that we can enter into the holy place because of the blood of Jesus that died on the cross. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain in the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who, who rules over God's house, let us go right into his presence with God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. I want you to know, if you know anything about the tabernacle, it's, it's an amazing thing. We need to study it sometime. And, and, but the thing is, is, there's an outer court, and there's an inner court, and then there's the most holy place. The most holy place behind. That's where the Spirit of God dwelled. That's where the Spirit of God dwelled, and He was there, and he would, the, 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 the high priest would go in there, and He would commune with them. They would take their, their, the sins of the people, on um, the sacrifices, and they would go and once a year and go into to the, to the holies of holies. But God says that because of his death on the cross, when he died on the cross, it says he rent the veil in half. And he from the, it's rent it from the top to the bottom, showing that man's not giving you access to God, that God himself is giving you his access. You no longer, because of the great sacrifice of his death, you no longer have to, 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 to have a priest and somebody go for you to God for your forgiveness. You can go directly to his presence yourself. And if you notice this scripture, when it says that, it, says, it talks about sacrifices of sin, and it says, I will forgive their sin. There's no need for any more sacrifices. And then it says, and he's made a way. There is no time, no, no, there's no time. There's no delay, there, there's no probationary period for His presence. When you get saved, if you're not saved today here on, online, the moment you get saved, you have access to the throne of God. There, there's no penance, there's no trial time, there's no hazing time where you've got to go through trials to make sure you're worthy. There is none of that. When you get saved, you have access to the throne of God. The devil is a troll, though. And he wants his very best to try to, to make you believe what you experience is not real. That's why you can't even get out of the church. You can't even get into the car. You can't even get halfway home at lunch before God's already speaking. The devil's already speaking to you, telling you that that didn't happen. That's not true. That really wasn't a move of God in your life. You're not really changed. You're the same person you were. What happened different? You're still the same person. And he's a troll, and he wants to, to destroy you. He wants to keep you. He says and what he always does. He'll say, hey, look, 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 look. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Look at yourself. Look in the past. Look in the past. Look in the rearview mirror. Look at your past. Don't look at the future. Don't look at the now and what God has for you. I feel like God is tired. I feel like God, is, God, God gave me this right here specifically. I feel like he is tired of, of having weekend visits. He wants full custody of his children. I feel like God is tired of us just showing up on Sunday and saying, Oh, bless me, Jesus, and then us leaving and then not, not, not really spending time in his presence until the next week because we're busy. Because we're busy, because we're doing this, because we got this and that and the other. The house of God is no longer uh, a, a, a place for people to commit to. It's a place that they decide, am I going today or not? The Bible says, forsake not this so many of my people. Yes, it is great online, and there's so many people online that cannot come right now for different reasons, and that's okay, and I understand that. But if there's, no re- if there's no really reason why you can't come to the house of God, you need to come to the house of God because it's going to be great online today. I believe in your house, if you're not in a place right now where you can get and the Holy Spirit can touch you, get in the bathroom, get in the closet, get on the floor somewhere, and get where you can hear from God without any distractions. But that's what's so good about being in this house. Everybody's focused right here to where, where God is delivering the word through me. So why, why this message today, Pastor Doug? Because I believe that us as children have access to the Holy Spirit, and we're not accessing Him the way we should. We have access to the throne of God, and we're not even going there. It's like you having a backstage pass to your favorite, favorite person, whoever your favorite singer may be, and you having a backstage pass. And you're saying, I have access to go see Him. Are you going to go see Him? No, 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 I just heard Him sing. So I'm good. I don't need to go back there because I just saw him. I, 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 enjoyed, the, I enjoyed the concert. But, but you can go and meet him and hug his neck and shake his hand. Oh, I'm good. That's how we treat God. We're okay with just coming and getting a little touch from God and hearing a little word and hearing a little worship. And w- but when God's like, no, I want so much more for you. God wants so much more for us. And we're satisfied with less than. We need to go together. And it's not my job to to always bring the presence of God to you. I can't do that all the time. Just like like Moses, the children of Israel, they wanted Moses. You go up to the mountaintop and you hear from God and you come down and bring him back to us. Pastor, you do it all. During the week, it's your responsibility to get before God and to get in his presence and make time to read the Bible. Make time to pray. Make time to, to spend that time. You make time for everything else. You make time for what you want to make time for. No, I, I no, I'm so busy. Let's just say, let me just say this. Somebody, somebody really close to you dies right now. The re- and, and you got to do stuff the rest of this week. Everything on your table is going, to be, is going to be gone, isn't it? So really you could, you just didn't want to. I'm sorry, man. It's up in me today, brother. I'm just telling you. But the mani- for, for the manifested presence of God to come, there has to be a hunger. There has to be a desire. God's just not going to, he's not obligated for, for the nibblers. I just want a Sunday snack. God's like, I got this big buffet. You go to a big buffet. You go to the biggest, you know, you know them ones down there in South Carolina at Myrtle Beach where you go and they got like six or seven little kiosks. It's so much food, steak, seafood, everything. And you go up, can I have a banana? <laughs> what? You just pay $35 for this big old huge buffet, all you can eat, and you want a banana. I, I'm just a little hungry. I'm not really. I, I'm not. And that's how we treat God. God's like, I've got everything you need. Every one of you in this room got stuff that you need from God today. Every one of you are praying for God for something. Everyone online is praying for God for something. And God has it. How long you wait for it is up to you, to your hunger, to how close you want to get to God and let Him do it. Let me tell you what, God's presence is amazing. But when you go into the holy place and that heavy kebab gets on your life and you feel the presence of God over your life and you get in the holies of holies, let me tell you what, stuff happens quicker there that could happen for me preaching for 45 years straight in a row without not even stopping. You don't have to be scared of God. He loves you. But we have to be how hungry guy gotta be, like the deer? Psalms 42 and 1. Remember that song, As the deer panting for the water, so my soul longeth after. I used to think that was the dumbest song. Because I didn't understand it. And then I learned one day what it meant. And I was like, somebody taught me and said, Do you understand why the deer's hungry for the water? He's hungry for water. Why is he thirsty? Why why is he hungry for Why is he hungry to get because there is a predator after him. He's not thirsty. He don't want to drink. He don't want to take a bath. There's a predator chasing him, and the Scripture is what he's talking about, that's going to kill him if he don't get to the water because he knows once he gets into the water, the the, the predator, the enemy, will lose its scent, and it will not be able to get him. He is safe when he gets to the water, so he's hungry to get there. And he's passionate to get there because he knows in that water he is safe. And I'm here to tell you today, when we have a hunger for God, the predator is uh, is about you, the predator is behind you, the enemy is trying to come to kill, steal, and destroy, and the only place you are safe is in the presence of God. Matthew 5 and 6. But if I warn it, will he give it to me? Matthew 5 and 6 is blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. My soul longs for you, God. I'm praying that today that you might even come in and you really weren't hungry for God. But you ever seen the commercials on television? You're sitting there watching a television commercial and there's a big old juicy hamburger with cheese and bunches of bacon on it and you're like, I want one. Right? Anybody besides me, you see that pizza and you see them pull that pizza and that cheese and you're like, man, I want, I want that. I'm praying that today. Maybe you came in and you're not that hungry for God. Maybe you're online and you haven't, but you know what? But I want to be a living commercial for you. That I make you hungry for God. That the salt comes out of me, makes, makes you thirsty for more of God. They say Disney, they say that Disney is the happiest place on earth. Well, I'm here to tell you in the presence of God, it's the holiest place on earth. It's the holiest place on earth. And in that, in his presence, you are changed forever. But I don't really know how to pr- worship God. I don't know really know how listen, God will worship. God will God will perfect your worship when your child comes up to you and is looking at you and it's just like what's that mean? I don't know. All I know is my child wants me. My child, my child is in the, and in and and, and, and that pitiful way, and that, that one or two year old is trying to say, "I want you." Or, I'm hungry or, 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 or I'm hurt or whatever. And all and, and you in your mind as a parent, especially moms, you, your child can say all kind of gibberish, but you know exactly what they're saying. When you're worshiping God, you don't even know. Sometimes you're like, I don't know how to, how to worship. I don't know how to praise. You just begin to worship God out of your heart. Listen, praise is a mental thing. I'm praising you for what you've done, God. I'm praising you because of, of, of what you've done. Thank you for all the wonderful. I praise you, God. I bless you for all the mighty things that you've done. When you worship, you worship from your heart. You're, you're, you pray, In praise, you're praising him for what he's done. And in worship, you're worshiping for who he is. It's all about who He is. So you begin to worship, and, and, and God perfects your throne. Listen, He don't want the perfect. God does not want the perfect praise because He already has it. In heaven, there, there's angels in heaven 24-7 right now. That, that every day, 24-7 says, Holy, 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 God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Every day, perfect praise. He created them for the perfect praise. But He says for, these, for, for us, He created us to praise Him, right? Yeah. But we have a choice to praise him or not. So when we praise him, we're choosing to praise him, and that moves God. And God's like, they are choosing to praise me. And I'm going to leave the splendor of heaven. And I'm going to come down. And the word of God says that that, 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 that he, he will inhabit the praises of his people. We, we worship, we magnify, and he, he like you said, he moves. We do something, and he moves because of our moving. He's a gentleman. He is not going to interrupt you. He is not going to push himself on you. He is waiting for you to ask for his presence. He is waiting for you, and and, and he will only feed you for what you want because he's not this mean God that's going to bully you. No, you You need more. But even though you need more, he will only give you what you ask for. I want to give you more. There's more for you. There's more for you. I have more for you. There's so much more for you. You're living this life, and you're, in, but be, you're living an ordinary life, but I got a supernatural life for you. If you would just live it the way I want you to live it, and I got more for you, but if you don't want it, I'm not going to push it on you. And when we worship, and we worship from our heart, we send spiritual timbers out around this, this room or the room that you're in, and that is the throne where he sits at for that time. And we worship, and we're just saying, God, and 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 whenever you true worship is not about 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 uh what you say, how you say it, it's, it's it's from your heart. It's not even it's not mental, it's it's heartfelt. When you're looking at your spouse, and you're looking at your spouse and or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, and you're and you're like, you know what? Hey, I love you. You're so beautiful. Oh man, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Oh, you're so amazing. Oh, I just love you. I just, want to, I just want to hold your hand. I just want to sit by you. I just want to kiss you. I just want to love, right? That You're not thinking about what you're saying. You're just talking from your heart. So when you're here with God, God, I bless your name you are holy. You are worthy, God. I just want more of your presence, God. I'm tired of a dabble, do you? I'm tired of just a little touch. I'm tired of goosebumps. God, I want more. There's more for me, God. You got more. You want to speak to me. You want to share for me with me, God. You want to give me dreams and visions, God. You want to do all this stuff for me, God. And I am so not there right now, but I want to be. I want to hear from you. It, God, if, if it has anything to do with you, I want it. If it's more of you, I want it. I desire it. I'm tired of just every day going through life and not getting nothing from anybody because I'm not seeking you. I'm getting stuff from other people. God, I want more of you. And you just talk from your heart. God, I just, I just worship you. I magnify your name. You are holy. You are worthy. God, touch me. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. You just cry out to him. You cry out to God and say, God, I want more. The worship, worship is the only part of the service that's for God. When you come in and we do praise, we're praising God, but we're praising him for what he's done for us, right? The word Jesus is the Word. He don't need the Word. He don't need to hear me preach. He is the Word. The altar call, we come down here to the altar call because we want a blessing from God. Everything's for us in a church service except for worship is to Him. Worship is for Him. And if we we, we have a service and He comes and He shows up and He's not wanted, nobody's looking for Him, nobody's calling out to Him, nobody's worshiping Him, then he'll leave. He's like, okay, then I'm, if I'm not wanted here, there are people who want me. I'm talking about the heavy kabod, the heavy-weighted glory of God. I'm talking about like Isaiah, not, not like a little tornado where he, he touches over here, he touches Kevin, and then he touches Sammy over here, and then maybe he touches over here, touches Gina. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like, like, like in the year and I, where Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and he was high lifted up, and his train filled the temple. I'm talking about a hurricane where where every, from that corner to that corner to that corner to that corner, every one of the, everybody in here feels, nobody has a question, is God moving? They could be a sinner. They can come from a very liturgical background. They can come from, from don't even have a clue what's going on. But when God truly moves, there's no question with anybody in the room that it's God. But we're worried, well, what would they think? You know, when it's a true move of God, it don't matter what they think. Because they'll know that it's God. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by name, by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land and forgive their sin. He's not hiding from you. This is not a hide and seek with God. He's out in the open. If you seek me, you will find me. Because I'm going to be where you can see me. But when we find him too often... We find him, and we go and grab his hand. What can you give me? Rather than grabbing his face and saying, I love you. I want to bless you. I want to serve you more. Help me be a soul winner. Help me be more committed. Genesis chapter 32, 24. It's a long thing. Y'all need to go watch. In Genesis, with the story about Jacob, it's, 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 wor- it's worse than a Jerry Springer show. I mean, he fell in love with one of his cousins, Rachel. And his uncle dad said, you've got to work seven years for my daughter if you want her. And he's like, okay, I worked seven years. He worked seven years for her daughter. And then Laban, the dad, gave, um, gave uh, uh, Jacob Leah, her sister. And, and, and Jacob laid with her the night before, got up the next morning in the sunlight, saw her and realized it wasn't Rachel, it was Leah. So he said, Laban, I, want, I, I worked seven years for, for Rachel. Well, you got Leah. If you want Rachel, you got to work another, another seven years. So he worked another seven years. And then, and then Leah gave, gave babies, and they had the handmaidens come in because they all got jealous. It was, it, it, it's a hot mess. But it, that all starts, if you back up from that, you realize that Jacob is a deceiver, the trickster, right? He, he, he's a heel catcher. He tried to even grab his brother's heel in, 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 in the womb so he could come out first, so he could have, have the, the birthright. And he couldn't, he, he didn't, so therefore he tricked his brother into giving him the birthright by, by give, giving him a, a bowl of porridge in exchange for it because his brother was so famished. Then he went to his dad and, and made his dad believe that he was his brother so he could get blessed. So he got blessed. And then he went through all this situation with Laban and the sisters. And then he, 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 then he went on his way and he was blessed. And then all of a sudden. He got so blessed that, that, that Laban's other sons saw Jacob and was jealous of him because of the fact that he was so blessed. And so he said, you know what? I, God says, you just need to go back to your home, hometown. But, but Esau was there, my brother, who I deceived, and he wants to kill me because I took his birthright. He says, you go back. So he, so he decided to go back, and he says, what I'll do is I'll send a whole bunch of gifts to him. I got so much stuff, I'll, send a t- I'll, I'll shower him with gifts. So he can... Maybe feel pity on me and say, Hey, well, he's blessing me. He's loving me. He's taking giving me all his gifts, so maybe I won't kill him, right? But he started thinking about that and said, God, I've got the earthly blessing from my father Isaac, but I want a spiritual blessing. So it says that he went to God and he started praying to God. And, and an angel came and he wrestled with the angel to the break of dawn. And, and he told the angel, just like your mom said, you didn't know how I was going to say this. But the, the, he told, looked at the angel and said, I will not let you go till you bless me. I'm going to get blessed today. And I'm not, he, all the way to the break, he thought the angel might give up, all the way to the break of dawn. And then around the break of dawn, Jesus, I mean, God took his fist and punched him right in his hip and permanently took his hip and threw it out of joint. He permanently injured his connective ligament. Even to this day, the people in that region don't eat the connective ligament because of that and so he did so so now all of a sudden you're like well hey but listen for us what that is is that that there was a change in him he wrestled with God and a change happened a physical change happened in his life and he sat there and he wrestled with God and said I want to get blessed and God blessed him and God made him humble his walk was humble he was, going, he was going to go over there to see Esau and he said all that stuff, he separated into two groups and said, hey, maybe if, he, if we put one group up there and if he kills that group, maybe I'll succeed and I'll, and I'll be okay. But, but here, come, here comes Esau's coming up. Esau's like, man, I got, a, I got 400 soldiers. We're going to take him out. We're going to kill him dead. So here comes Esau. Here comes Jacob. Esau sees him and here comes Jacob. Esau saw him. And all Jacob wanted was him just to be submissive to him and be okay with with him being there. But when Esau saw the change that had happened in his life because he wrestled and was blessed by God, he saw the humility that he never saw before. Whenever Jacob left, he saw this prideful, arrogant, I've got what you you had. I got your blessing. I'm this, I'm that, me, 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 me. And when he came back, he saw, "I'm, I'm really nothing. I've been in the presence of God, and God's changed me. My walk is different. My walk is different. I look different. I act different. When you get into, into a true presence of God and the Holy of holies and, and the power and presence of God moves in your life, you will walk your, your spiritual walk will be different. Don't freak out. He's not going to punch you in your hip and you're going to break your hip. I'm not talking about that. But your, your spiritual walk will be different. You will act different. People will see you different. When Moses came down from, from the mountaintop, he had a veil over his face. Because the power of God was so much on him, it was so bright, he had to have a veil over his face so he could talk to his people because they couldn't even see because of the glory that was shining on him. I want to walk. I want you to be able to walk in the community. And when I know I spent time with God and I know I've done stuff and I've walked through times in my life in different different times and I've, I've been getting ready to preach and, and I've really been fasting and praying about something and, and I walk in places and I have people say, Oh, you've been with God, haven't you? And I'm like, can you really? <laughs> I was like, really? You feel that? And because and I, I feel it, and that you can be so much with God that people around you can feel that, that there's something different about you. That you've been in the presence of God. There's a holiness. There's a reverence. They can feel that in your life, and they can notice that God is in your life, and it's different. And when he wrestled with the angel. God not only changed his walk, he changed his name. You were Jacob, the deceiver, the trickster, the heel catcher. But now your name is Israel. Israel means prince with God, soldier of God, God's prince. So I'm here to tell you today, in this room and online, and maybe you're not watching this on Sunday morning, but this, the presence of God does not, it, it transcends time. You could be watching this tomorrow, Friday, Wednesday, whenever you're watching it. God can touch you just as well then as he can today. And today, wherever you're at, you may walk in here, you may be a, 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 a hypocrite. You may be a gossiper, a backstabber, a liar, a hater, a bisexual, a, a, a compromiser, a porn addict. A, as I used to say when I was a, a youth pastor, for you, you a playoff on the Himalayas, a cheater, a deceiver. A liar, a a thief, a cusser, a brawler, a cheater. No good for nothing. But today in the presence of God, He wants to change your name. He wants to change your name. And He wants to call you a man of God, a woman of God. He wants to call you a Christian, a servant. He wants to call you a man, a woman of valor. He wants to ca- call you his, his child. He wants to call you trustworthy, honest, and true, faithful. He can change your name today. And whatever you're going through, whatever, whatever name you have attached to you can change. But we come to church and we treat it just like a, like a movie. The Notebook was a great movie, it's one of the greatest romances everybody's always talking about. But there's people that went and watched that movie There's married couples Married couples went and watched that movie all about love And it moved them and they cried But they still left that movie theater and went out and got a divorce Why? Because it moved them, it didn't change them I watched the Fast and Furious Fast and Furious 9 You watch those trailers, man I, I, I watch that trailer, I go get in my car And, and I realize I can't do that I want to but my little Hyundai Elantra, Hyundai Elantra won't slide around corners like that. I wish it would because I'd definitely try it. I'm sorry, Johnny. I didn't mean to say that. But here's the thing, though. I watched the Karate Kid and I learned some stuff. woo Come on. But that's all I got. I can't get my foot in the air to kick you in the face. I know how to wax on, wax off. I learned all kinds of stuff and culture stuff from that. But you know what? I don't fight no better than I did before I walked into any of those movies. All six of them that I've seen. Why? Because it moved me, but it didn't change me. I even learned a little bit. I even learned a little bit. But it didn't change me. But in the house of God, in the presence of God, God can change you. You don't have to come and just learn a little bit. You don't have to come and be moved a little bit. You can come in the presence of God, Jehovah. But you don't, Pastor Doug, you don't know me when I, let me tell you what anybody remember the story of the demoniac of Gadara he was demon possessed and he was in the, the, the tombs as they call it which is actually a uh, 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 a graveyard and it says he would howl and scream at night time he would take rocks and he would take glass and metal and stuff and he would scrape and cut himself that's where cutting came from Teenagers today, like they cut. That's that's the demonic spirit behind that right there. But here's the deal. They would cut and they would scream. He would scream and yell and and people were terrified of him. But one day Jesus came. And he got into the presence of God. And God touched him. Well, what did it do? He cast a demon out of him. Yeah, but He just didn't cast a demon out of him. The next time you hear about this young man, it says, and he was clothed and in his right mind clothed and in his right mind. This cat was crazy cut. He had a, he tore his clothes. He was all but he was when God touched him, he was clothed and in his right mind. He changed. And he wanted to follow God. He wanted to do something for God. And God's like and Jesus said, "Look, you need to tell your testimony. You need to share that." And he was a he was a different man. He was clothed and in his right mind. And so if God could take a someone that, that was out of their mind that was even demon possessed, they were so out of their mind. Don't you think that it, when you got a little depression, a little anxiety, a little that God cannot change you in that too? That's not demon possession. That's what I'm saying. It's not even as bad as that. But it is, it is, it is, it attacks on your mind, and God can put you right back in your right mind, wherever you're at. 30 seconds or less, I don't know how long it was exactly because of the Word of God, but 30 seconds of, of Saul. Of the heavens, the windows of heavens opened up, and a light came down from the throne all the way down to, to 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 Saul's eyes and blinded him, and caused him to be blind. 30, 30 seconds or less of that light blinded him, changed his life forever. Y'all hear me say it all the time. He became Paul, and one of the greatest one of the greatest apostles ever. And 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 wrote two thirds of the New Testament. And really, it was Peter and then Paul. Paul came and really showed everybody how to live, how to do, how to go after God. He, he had all the answers. But all that happened with that 30 seconds of open heaven before God. Well, what's an open heaven, Pastor? Look, what are several places in the Bible? I'm just going to read a couple of them that tells you that, that there can be an open heaven. When heaven opens and something comes down to bless you because of it. First of all, um, persecution. Acts, Acts the Apostle chapter five, 7 verse 56 when I was in there finishing up my message this morning a little bit thinking about it I was listening to, to Don was in there teaching and he was talking about Stephen this very scripture he had mentioned his name but it says, it says and he told them they were, they were, they, were crucif- getting, they were getting ready to stone Stephen he was standing up for God and he was preaching and trying to tell them and they just didn't want to hear it and they got mad and they wanted to stone him but it says Stephen said look I see the heavens open up an open heaven And the Son of Man standing at the place of honor at God's right hand. So the heavens opened up. And he said he saw God standing. It's the only place in the Bible where God is standing. Everywhere else, I mean, Jesus is standing. Everywhere else, Jesus is sitting. He's always sitting at the right hand of the Father. But the heavens opened up, and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. So when you get persecuted, you can look up and know that God is standing for you. And he is there to vindicate you and be with you. And then all of a sudden, he was with God. The next one, another place that people don't want to talk about. I can't believe I haven't I've ever even have a whole message on this, and I might should, but I use it sometimes. But in tithing, giving your tithes and offerings, Malachi 3.10, bring all your tithes to the storehouse so that there might be enough food in the temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven, armies, I will open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing on you so great that you will not have enough room to take it in. Everywhere in the Bible, it says, don't try me. Don't test the Lord thy God. But what does he say here? Try it. Put me to the test. But the thing is, is we, well, I don't have enough money. The reason you don't have enough money is because you're not paying your tithes. I I got people in this room right now that will tell you that they they pay their tithes. Matter of fact, Sammy, if Sammy's got to work on a Sunday, he'll come to church and pay his tithes and then leave. He said, because the only reason I'm working today is because I pay my tithes. Somebody the other day called me and said, hey, I know the church has been behind. You know, we were really behind in January and February. We made it through the pandemic, but this year has been kind of rough, and we're believing for God for for miracles. But but somebody said, you know what? We got some money coming, and we want to give give a portion of that to the church. Before they even gave it to the church, one of those people got a huge, massive promotion. They didn't even, just their heart was to give. Before they even gave a blessing to the church, God's like, you know what? I know you're going to do it. you got a heart to give. I'm going to give you. And he got this promotion, this big promotion for God. It's amazing what God can do. God says, I'll pour out out a blessing. Not that, not tinkle, trinkle. I'll pour out a blessing that you can't even contain. You ain't got room enough to contain it all. If you give, we got places to go, things to do. We want to get out of this place. And we're still looking. We got some opportunities. We're looking at everything, I promise you. But we need everybody to pay, pay, pay their tithes and do their due diligence there. So the windows of heaven can can uh, the windows of heaven is not open on the church. The Bible says the window of heaven is going to open on you because you're obedient. Next one, persistence. Matthew seven and eight. For everyone um, who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open to you. So if you ask for God, I want your presence. The windows of heaven will open up and he will come down and he will bless you and he will be in our midst and he will inhabit your praises. And the last part here, there's other ones, but, but the other one, whenever windows of heaven opens, is when you worship. Psalms 22 and 3, yet you are holy, enthroned or inha- inhabits the praises of his people or, or of Israel at that point in time. He said, if you, draw, if you lift me up, I will draw one man. If this church starts lifting up the name of God and we start inviting to the presence of God and the Holy Spirit starts moving in this house, he will start drawing people in like crazy to come see the fire burn. And we've got to shift from the hand that supplies to the face that satisfies. I mean, from, the, from, the, from the, the, the hand that supplies to the face that satisfies. To the face of God, rather than looking, trying to look, look for, for, for just his hand and what he can give us. Your children, when you're the babies." Josiah, you you got your little your little son here, and and the thing is is that that, that when he comes to you, I'm sure he jump he, he comes to you, and somehow he just wants you to pick him up, and he'll touch your face. You know how babies do that? They will look at mom and daddy, and they'll just touch. Just, they want to just touch their face and they, they, just, they just put their head on their arm their chest. That's what we need to do with God. We need to go to God and say, God, I just want to get your face. I don't, I don't care about your hands. I know you'll provide for me. You're Jehovah Jireh. You'll provide. I just want to touch your face. I just want to be there with you. I want to lay my head on your chest. I want to just, just, just settle in your presence. But we seek the wrong faces in this world. We seek the face of man, woman, money, mammon, cars, jobs, prosperity, Worldly, worldly possessions. But God just says, I want you not to put me in a box. I want you to let me move where I can move in your life. Is anybody hungry besides me for any of this today? There's a buffet spread. I am hungry. I am hungry for a move of God. The, the priests of days would uh, of, of old, they would go into the holies of holies and have to have a bell on, on, on the bottom of their, of their, their uh, little their robe so, so when they went in that if the bell stopped they realized there was sin in their life and they would drag them out God wants us to come before him and he says look here you know what I have sacrificed for you you are, you are clean you are whole you have access now to my presence I have seen the Shekinah cloud of glory one time I was I was in a, a Lyndall Cooley concert it was back when the Brazzler Revival was happening let me tell you what the kabod is the way the glory of God is I was in this thing, and it was an arena of about 25,000 people. He was playing the piano. He was playing the piano. And all of a sudden, we heard a super high pitch that's higher. What's the highest pitch? Give me the highest pitch. Can you, can, you, can you hear how that is? It was like two, three octaves higher than that. And he said he was playing. and I don't know, You can see him. He did this right here and looked. And he stepped away from the thing. And, the, and, that, and those, that, that music still played higher than that. It was a high, high, high-pitched high pitched sound. And it sounded angelic. And I looked up in the dome. And so help me God, I, y'all know I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not eccentric. I'm not a, an emotional person that, that just tries to make stuff up for the moment. I looked up, and I saw the cloud. And I looked at, beside me. There was a, a friend of mine named, at the time was named Burl Murray. I said, Burl? We're in the presence of God. I fell to my knees, and I lie to you not. Eighty percent of those 25,000 people all of a sudden, almost in unison, fell to their knees in a coliseum on that nasty floor. They fell to their knees in awe of the God. And now all of a sudden the angels were singing. And everybody just was undone, just like, just like um, Isaiah was. Woe is me, I am undone. When you get in the presence of God, you are undone. God shows you stuff about yourself that you didn't even know that was wrong with yourself. God will show you things He will liberate you he will deliver you he will set you free you get in God's presence repentance come God forgive me for not for not being committed God forgive me for not get God forgive me for not reaching out to this person to that person God forgive me for for my attitude that I didn't even know I had and all of us in there were just on our on our face I was laying right in the middle of a bunch of uh, food and drink we had on the floor I just got on my face just laid there I didn't care because I was in the presence of God and that moment didn't last long but when it was there I wanted to get all I could out of it but I was hungry for it. Christ died on the cross, the perfect perfect spotless lamb for our sins. And the veil was torn, but we get so satisfied just coming to church and just having a little good time. But God says we can boldly go into the throne of grace now. There was a veil at the altar in the Holies of Holies. Just just past the veil in the middle of the room was the Ark of the Covenant. Opposite of the Ark of the Covenant was an altar of incense where the continual incense would go before the mercy seat, and it was a smell We don't need that anymore because the Word of God says our worship is a heavenly incense to the nostrils of God There was a cherubim in a mercy seat, and the Word says that, that they were beaten down from one piece of pure gold They couldn't get, that, they couldn't get it in there and beat it down because it was too big, so what did they do? They had one piece of pure gold that they had to beat down outside of the temple a lot of your work of God, when I say beat down, I'm not talking about a, a beat down like UFC wrestlers. I'm talking about a chiseling away of the things in our life that will help us chisel off parts of our life that don't need to be there. And when you get in the presence of God, and, and, and the thing is, is they didn't do it in the temple. At home, God wants to chisel you at home. God want, At your home and in your car on the way to work and in your private time, God wants to chisel away at you. So when you come here, you're ready to get at worship home. We shouldn't come to church. Now, sinners, new Christians, yes, they come to church to lay it all down. People going through some hard, hard, atrocious times, yes. But as a normal, we should get all that off of us at home so when we come to church, we are ready to go at it. Exodus 25 and 22 says that there I will meet you and commune with you. And the deeper we get into God's presence, the more we look like Him and the more things come off of us. The holies of the holies was separated from the rest of the tabernacle or the temple by this veil. It was a huge, heavy, big, thick, I've seen, I've seen a replica, it's like a big, thick drape like that right there of fine linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarn and embroidered with gold cherubims on it. It's, about, it's, it's huge. So it's, it's not like somebody could really take it and like cut it. and you know, I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's massive. See? And he has that and now. He ripped that and now we can go there. The Pharisees, whenever Jesus was making His triumphal entry, they were inside reading the Bible, praying for the Messiah to come and the whole time they were in there, they were so stuck in the past on what was said and what was doing, He was there outside and they didn't even see it and didn't even know it. Because they were still looking in a rearview mirror for Him to come and He's already here. I'm here to tell you today He's already here. He's here. We just gotta, we just gotta send our, our spiritual antennas out and, and gravitate towards Him and love on Him and worship Him and let Holy Spirit come. Do you want Him to come today? Go ahead and start that if you would. So now, that's what I have to tell you. And now, if you want to feel God's presence, if you want to to feel the power and the presence of God in a holy, heavy way, you may sit there and just be in awe. Just like, oh my gosh, I'm just undone. You may cry, you may weep. Nothing may happen at all to you, but you just know that you're in the presence of God. What I'm going to do right now is, at you at home, I want you to get some worship music on. I want you to get in a closet somewhere, or the bathroom, somewhere you can get where nobody's around, no distractions. And I want you to get in the presence of God. Because we're about to do that here. You can go ahead and God bless you. We love you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next week. We're just going to put the feet on But I'm going to turn this music up.